0: This week on TSR, we saw Ocean's 8.
1: Some movie news.
0: The Poe Dameron comic is coming to an end.
1: And we discussed the future of the Star Wars standalone films. All that and more on this episode of TSR.
0: Listeners, it's episode 192 of TSR. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Brian. It only took a half hour to get to this point. We're recording the beginning of our show.
1: (laughs) What happened, Brian? (laughs) Uh,
0: I guess at some point that Windows decided to um, make an update to how their recording settings work. And regardless of the fact that I've got my mixer here set as the primary device on this thing, uh, it kept allowing the built-in microphone on my laptop to adjust the levels of everything, even though I had it disabled.
1: That's annoying. Extremely,
0: which is why I just had to uninstall the drivers for my built-in microphone on this laptop. Oh, did you reinstall them? No, they're currently uninstalled. It is a totally
1: dead microphone. Oh, for the built-in microphone. Yeah, the built-in. Not not your actual... I was like, why would you do that for the fancy microphone? (laughs) So, yeah, podcasters... If you're listening to this, or audio engineers, uh, hit us up <laughs> to tell us how to do that. That would be great.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was great, fun, fun. <laughs> Only took thirty six minutes, right, to get to this point. Yeah. Well, the good news though is that we're doing a slightly abbreviated show today. Uh, just yeah. really catching up on some news and talking about that. Um,
1: keeping to our weekly schedule.
0: We are keeping to our weekly schedule. We uh, we've. We're uh, quite serious about uh, making the weekends the new recording day for uh, TSR and the Mouse Droid. Uh, so yeah, that means uh, does that mean next week is a Mouse Droid? I think it is. Uh,
1: no, the after that
0: weekend after. Okay,
1: yes, because we're gonna do our Disney day at Magic Kingdom on the seventh, and then we can record on the eighth and talk about it.
0: Ah, right, right. Yes. So that will be fun.
1: It uh. will be fun.
0: Uh, hey, so we went and saw Oceans 8 last night.
1: We did, finally.
0: And it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it.
1: I did too. I didn't know what I was going to think about it. I'm not super into heist movies. Um, I think I saw the first Oceans 8 or Oceans 11, but I didn't see any of the other ones, if I recall. Um, but I really enjoyed, um, one of the books I read last year for the book club was Six of Crows, and that was a heist, and I really loved it. Um so but yeah, I didn't really know what I was gonna think about it. And the reviews have been okay. Not great, but okay. Um and I think you and I said we both kind of had the same reaction where we thought the beginning was a little slow. Mm-hmm um but i really enjoyed it especially the whole like heist part of it (laughs) Them stealing shit at the met gala that was it was great yeah
0: it was fantastic i really
1: had a lot of fun with it yeah so i yeah can we have more movies where pretty much everyone important is a lady
0: (laughs) oh i that would be great i I, let's let's get a lot more movies like that
1: yeah Oh, can we talk about one thing about that movie? Yeah, absolutely. There was that review going around, or maybe it was a tweet, I don't know what it was, but it was a criticism about Ocean's 8 that it didn't have any sort of, like, external antagonist, um, and that was basically what was wrong with the movie. Um, That really annoys me, (laughs) because, no... did they ever make that sort of criticism about Ocean's Eleven? Uh, no, they did not. I'm, I'm, I, wonder why. Mm, I wonder why. I wonder why. I wonder why. I mean, the whole antagonist is people trying to stop them from stealing a necklace. Like, the situa- there doesn't need to be antagonists. It's like, um, like Jurassic Park. Like, yeah, there's bad guys in Jurassic Park. But even if they weren't there, there's still a conflict because dinosaurs are trying to eat people. So there's, you know, obviously there's a conflict because they're trying to steal a necklace that's really hard to do. So that's the conflict right there. Mm -hmm. You don't need people, like, coming in or, like, you don't need any sort of, like, internal conflict between the women. I'm so glad that they didn't go that route. That all of the women just got along and did their thing and there wasn't any sort of, like, backstabbing betrayal or anything
0: no it was uh I, I really liked how they approached it i mean it was written like an oceans movie which is great
1: which is it was mm-hmm. She she's his sister apparently
0: yep yes yeah, so highly enjoy it highly recommend it go catch it while it's still in theaters
1: yes are we gonna catch we need to catch up on some other movies
0: yeah we've we need to see jurassic world
1: do we though? Do, Do we? we? <laughs> I don't know if we need to see Jurassic World. Um, what is
0: that sitting at at Rotten Tomatoes right now? Oh, what <laughs> it collapsed down to fifty percent.
1: Oh, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Incredibles, but no, I'd,
0: I'd like to see that. I
1: haven't. I ha- Would like to watch the first one. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um so yeah we did that i have also f- f- caught up well i caught up season one on queer eye finally i had been watching it while on the treadmill but i kind of stopped using the treadmill so i stalled uh but then i i started making myself go on the treadmill again both for health reasons and so i could finish watching queer eye so i w- watched the end of season one and um, season two dropped, I think, last week or the week before. So I started, I watched the first episode of season two today and it made me cry on the treadmill. The show is great to watch on the treadmill because it's so happy and it just like makes you want to be a better person. But then it's also sad. So crying while on a treadmill is not the greatest thing to do. So,
0: yeah, that, that seems like it's a recipe for getting hurt.
1: yeah. But, um, I highly recommend Queer Eye. It is a fantastic, wonderful show, and everyone should watch it. And, Brian, you have been making beer.
0: I have been making beer.
1: Would you like to give us a beer update? Last we heard, you had made a Sinjir Rathvelis-themed beer.
0: Yes, uh, the Sinjir beer has been consumed. And it was very, very good. Uh, this beer is a heavy IPA, or was a heavy IPA. Uh, Eight point two ABV, um, sixty uh, IBUs. Um, it was, it was delicious. It turned out a lot better than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's similar, uh, it's similar to like a um, Cigar City High Lie as far as uh, density goes. Um, is a very bitter beer, but has a, a little bit of a floral and citrus, uh, aftertaste. If I brew this one again, I might actually up the hops to make it more bitter next time though.
1: More bitter?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, th- I think this one actually needed to be more bitter than it was. Uh, but it was great. Um, I'm definitely going to, uh, I'm definitely going to brew this one again. Um, I may bottle it. Mm. And send to some folks.
1: Ah, are you allowed to send alcohol? Yeah, you can. You, know?
0: you can ship beer.
1: Okay, I didn't know if there are any sort of laws. No, no, like that.
0: Be- beers, beers, fine. Um, but yeah, I, I, I may, uh, I may order this one again in a couple months and uh, bottle it and send send to some folks to try. Cool. Yes, it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, I kind of need a second, a second uh, fermentation keg though.
1: Ah. Uh. What about your next beer?
0: So I have one uh, that's actually cold crashing right now um, it's from uh, Pikes brewery It is a uh, Belgian triple um, I really like triples I'm really looking forward to this one it should be I should be able to uh, rack it in the serving keg tomorrow and start carbonating it tomorrow night um, the next beer I create though, i don't know what the character is going to be Mm-mm. that we theme it around yet uh but we may have a new once a month podcast that'll be all about this so stay tuned mm. so yes the singer beer it was good yeah and very strong
1: i as yes, it should be
0: it should yeah yeah absolutely uh yeah so beer good yep moving on to the news yes Uh, I'm going to let you take this one.
1: Yes. So uh, there is a Daria reboot coming from MTV. Um, Actually, it's a bunch of shows coming from MTV that they are uh, basically redoing – I will talk about it in two seconds once this ad goes off. Thank you. (sighs) Uh, But the headline from Deadline was MTV launches MTV studios with Daria made real world and Aeon Flux revivals. And MTV is ramping up production operations and getting into production programming for other buyers with the launch of MTV Studios. It will be focused largely on developing and producing reboots, revivals, and spinoffs of series from MTV's library of more than two hundred young adult titles, in addition to new shows, predominantly unscripted. Now, back in the day, Nancy used to watch MTV all the time, like all the time in high school i watched mtv because i watched real world i watched in college i loved all their stupid reality shows i watched laguna beach and the hills yes i did shut up <laughs> um i watched Made. Made was their makeover show um but the show that i really really loved was daria uh daria started in 97 it was about a very sarcastic teenage girl named Daria who just did not like happiness and pep. And she was just very droll. And um, for some reason, that resonated with me <laughs> as, as a 16-year-old. And uh, so, yeah, I, I kept watching it. I think it went off the air when I was in college. Um But I yeah, I love I loved that show and I am excited that they're going to bring it back and also to see like what other shows MTV is going to come up with because I I did like a lot of their shows. You know, the whole joke is that there's no music on MTV, Um, but I was one of the people who was probably the problem because I did like the shows that they put out. So we'll see.
0: Oh, so you're the reason there's no music on MTV.
1: I was one of them. Um, I liked a lot of their stupid-ass shows.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Uh, uh, hey, in uh, Disney news, uh, with... um, What's his name out? Lasseter. John Lasseter out. Mm-hmm. Uh, no longer at Disney, which is the correct thing. Uh, Pete Doctor <laughs> has been selected to lead Pixar, and Jennifer Lee uh, is... Has been selected to head up Disney Animation.
1: Yes, that's very exciting. Uh, Jennifer Lee was the director of Frozen. Uh, I think I think she co-directed it, uh, or yeah, she was. She directed Frozen, and Doctor was the director of Inside Out.
0: So two very great choices. Um, mm-hmm. Notable from a uh, structuring perspective, uh, all of animation had been under John Lasseter. Uh, So now they're split up into sort of uh, two leadership entities again for the first time in a while. Um, But they're two great picks. And it is exceedingly awesome that uh, Jennifer Lee is heading up an animation studio with the prestige and history of Disney animation. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, it says Lee joined Walt Disney Animation Studios in 2011 as a co-writer on Wreck-It Ralph. Her work as a co-director on Frozen earned an Academy Award for Best Animated Feature – Doctor's credits also include Up and Monsters Inc. He was one of Pixar's first employees and is an original member of its brain trust, the company's name for its committee of storytellers who helped shape its film. Blah 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 blah. So yeah, good for them. Yeah, the I
0: absolutely cannot wait to see what they've got. Uh, what they've got cooking. Yes. A new Terminator movie is filming with Sarah Connor herself, Linda Hamilton.
1: Yeah, so I didn't even know that this was happening, (sighs) but apparently it was announced last September. (laughs) How did
0: we miss that?
1: I don't know, but yeah, there was. So I found an article from IGN about um, the photos of Linda Hamilton, and um, it linked to an article from last September about. the director and james cameron discussing the reboot so um james cameron has signed on is producing the movie apparently he hasn't produced a terminator movie since the second one um and the director tim miller was uh, the director of deadpool um so he you know deadpool did very well so that's good um but yeah, they so this article was Septem- from September, and they're talking about like the fu- the 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 future of the movie. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is in the movie, and they mentioned that it's not going to ignore his age. Like the whole idea is that they're cyborgs, and the human exoskeleton also ages, um, like like a normal human would. Um, and I guess then you can like replace the skin. <laughs> I guess so. Um, But yeah, what we don't care about him, we care about Sarah Connor. (laughs) Damn right. So, yeah, so apparently, this movie is going to take place. It's going to basically act like the rest of the Terminator movies did not happen. So, although this is the sixth, well, it's always been so
0: wibbly wobbly with time, anyways, in those movies. So, whatever.
1: Yeah, so this is like a direct sequel to Terminator 2. And um, she looks so badass. She's carrying, like, a huge shotgun. She's got, like, some sort of armored vest. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm here for it. You
0: know what this means, though. What? Someone needs Sigourney Weaver up back for another alien.
1: That's what I keep seeing people talk about, and that that would be amazing. Come on! Do an alien movie that ignores... Uh, All of the movies after Aliens, please. Although people, (laughs) some people really liked the other movies, but I... Like Prometheus? No, like Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection. And I don't, yeah, I...
0: Mm, No. Mm -mm. But um,
1: also starring in this movie is Mackenzie Davis, who we saw a picture of her and we were automatically like, is that the girl from uh, The Martian? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's the satcom satcom girl from the martian mindy of course, park
0: now that you've said that i want to watch the martian again i
1: mean i always I always want to watch the martian. martian so yeah that movie's the terminator movie's coming out november 22nd 2019 so uh hey that'll be coming out right before uh, episode nine awesome yeah <laughs> so yeah that's our uh movie news our mo- news short news but News,
0: which of course brings us to the Star Wars corner, and with some sad news, uh, especially for me, uh, the Poe Dameron comic will be ending in September with issue thirty-one. First off, yeah, I get it; I know where they are in the timeline. There's really nowhere they can go until Episode Nine comes out. But on the other hand, the, this run of comics has been so great, and the characters have been so wonderful. And Charles Soule writes Poe Dameron better than Ryan Johnson. Uh. And I'm just going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. The characters were so, so wonderful. And Charles Soule just wrote a brilliant Poe Dameron. And I'm bummed. I'm bummed.
1: So how? So where are they in the time?
0: They are right after The Last Jedi right Ah, now. Which once this, once uh, 31 comes out, I really do think you should read um this little last little mini arc
1: well i do i want to go back and read all of it like i read the first arc i was into the second arc and i don't i think what happened was i missed a week or something or i missed a month and then i'm like oh i have to go back and read it and then i just never did did yeah and then they just kept i kept piling up yeah so i'm like oh i have other things to read yeah, but, but
0: um, at the very least, you should definitely read this last mini arc once it wraps yeah. up.
1: So how are they doing it? Like it,
0: it's using a really f- clever framing device uh-huh. um, where Poe, Ray, and Finn are catching up on the Falcon oh. right after the end of the Last Jedi. Uh huh. Um, and Poe is f- sort of filling in the gaps of. Um, Things that were happening in um, the in the in the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. Mm. Uh, so you find out you find out how he survived uh, the crash on Jakku, uh-huh. how he got back to the Resistance, um, and uh, you start finding out uh, what happened to Black Squadron mm. uh,
1: okay.
0: in between the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi.
1: Okay. That's that's what I'm interested in. <laughs> yeah,
0: so you'll 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 get
1: that. I'm really hoping that they all come back. Like I mean, I know it's pretty it's I mean it's pretty fair bet that Greg Grunberg will be in it again uh, because yeah, yeah. good yeah, luck yeah, yeah. charm. And I know a lot of people don't like that and get annoyed about Greg Grunberg being in the movie or whatever, but like, come on, I'm if you fine need an, with
0: it. If you need another pilot that has some lines, what's wrong with Greg Grunberg? Well,
1: I'm fine with it because if they bring back him, they'll probably bring back the rest of the pilots, at least Jess. Yeah, right. I mean, I can, in retrospect, I can't be mad that they weren't in the last Jedi because then they'd, they'd probably be all be dead. dead. But like, I do. That was that. That is one of the things that I. I disliked about The Last Shedai. I missed that sort of thread of continuity mm-hmm. between the two films. Like in, you know, in the original trilogy, you had wedge in all three movies. Um, like I do. And, and, and looking, even b- going back to the original trilogy, one of the things that is like from an, out-of-universe perspective, I like that they have different generals. Like, you have Dodona, you have Raikian, you have Maidine because it gives you more characters. But I'm also, like, I wish that we'd had the same people throughout the whole... Yeah. And that's how I feel about, like, the sequel trilogy. Like, it would have been cool to see, like, Dr. Colonia and some of the other people on the in the uh, command staff on, like, uh, Satura that, you know... So, I can only hope they were someplace else.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: But, so, yeah, I'm sorry that it's ending. I know. Now I want to know, like, I'm assuming they have other comics, like, coming to replace it.
0: Well, the solicits came out, but I don't think anything was, another ongoing was actually announced to replace it.
1: Mm. yet yeah that's what i mean yeah. like i I'm so wondering. i'm wondering if we
0: hear more about that at san diego or new york this year
1: yeah and i mean we still don't there are really like no books that have been announced like yeah there's the solo novelization what's the last
0: thing on the calendar
1: solo novelization
0: that's later September. this year right yeah. Okay. uh again merlafferty which we're very excited about yeah um, and
1: obviously, Throne Alliances comes out next month, which I'm super excited about. Are those the only two things we know about right I now? I think so, from Delray, yeah. That's weird. I know there's a bunch of other books coming out from Lucasfilm. So, di- is there from a, there's a Disney. December slot, right? Or no? I, I don't, I mean, I don't think they have, like, specific slots, but, okay. I mean. But we
0: don't know anything past September mm-hmm. this year.
1: And I was thinking that.
0: You know, ooh,
1: Resistance.
0: Yeah, uh, Th- that's what similar. I was thinking. The something other day. similar with the New Dawn is sort of a uh, kickoff for it.
1: That yeah, that is exactly what I was thinking the other day because I was like, they posted that tweet about Throne Alliances. The they got the book in the Del- Delroy books posted a tweet with the Throne Alliances book that they just got from the printers, and I'm super excited about it. And then I'm thinking, what other books are there? There are none, and I'm like, I bet they have something for Resistance. In the pipeline.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I can see that.
1: Yeah, which would be super, super cool. Mm-hmm.
0: So. All right. Uh, moving on, there was a lot of news slash rumors slash speculation about standalone films this week.
1: <laughs> yes, there uh, was.
0: You may have seen the resulting Twitter meltdown. Yeah, it was weird. Um, I- so... Uh, We'll just go through the order of what happened here. Uh, First thing that happened was Collider reported that the spinoffs were put on hold. Uh, The next day, ABC reported that uh, Lucasfilm was saying that multiple Star Wars films are still in the pipeline, in addition to those already announced, which isn't exactly
1: a contradiction. Well, Collider said. Well, Collider said that everything that is not Ryan Johnson's trilogy and the Game of Thrones guys movies are being put on hold so they're going on the assumption that the boba fett movie and the obi-wan movie previously reported are like confirmed happening so basically they're saying those collider was saying those movies and any other quote-unquote standalone movies were put on hold but the ryan johnson movies and the benioff and weiss movies are still going forward so that's what collider said Mm -hmm. so then abc had several sources say, no uh we are working on lots of projects um those that you have heard about which would be the ryan johnson trilogy and the benioff and weiss series as well as those you have not heard about but that's they wouldn't say what movies those were um
0: and then Hollywood Reporter uh, then reported that Lucasfilm is re-evaluating. Development is still moving forward on a Boba Fett film, although scaled down, while an Obi-Wan film is less clear.
1: So, basically, we still don't know <laughs> what exactly they're working on besides what movies they have already announced. Mm-hmm. And even the movies they have already announced, we still really don't know anything about them. So... We still don't know.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> Movies that were not, not announced have been. are still not announced. <laughs>
0: So, I mean, let's this talk...
1: This is... Th- hold on. This is why we say it's not confirmed until it's on StarWars.com.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, I mean, let's talk about why this is news. Um, and the big reason is that Solo did not do well at the box office. Mm-hmm. Now, I said this on Twitter, and by saying this, I got a lot of people mad at me, but um, there's a multitude of reasons Solo's box office was not great, and... 200 million for this film isn't good any way you slice it. Like, I mean, it's nothing to scoff it's at. It's good. It's good, but they didn't make their budget back, and that's never good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but there's a lot of reasons that happened. Uh, May versus December, I think May was a bad time to release this film. Uh, the subject matter, a Han Solo origin story, is much more for those of us entrenched in lore than it is for the general movie going mm-hmm. audience. Um, and marketing, man, let's just be honest, the marketing for this film was bad. Yep. It was not good.
1: Well, and also, like, just that there are so many other movies coming out at this time. Yeah,
0: there's a ton of fixture congestion. You had Infinity War, the biggest Marvel event film ever. Mm -hmm. You had Deadpool. Yep. Uh, this came out, and then, like, the week after. After Incredibles uh, came came out.
1: out. It's not in our theater anymore. Yeah, uh, Solo
0: has already dropped out of our theater.
1: I I mean, our theater is small. It's nine nine screens. And I know Jurassic World and Incredibles are playing in multiple screens. But like, that's, it's, is it it a
0: month? It's less than a month. And it dropped out. That is stunning.
1: uh, Yeah, what is today's day? Today's the the 23rd.
0: 23rd. So it didn't. It didn't make it a month. It I mean,
1: I, it- it's still playing at the, you know, the 24 screen near us. But still, like, I mean, Last Jedi and was in our local theater for, like, I would say at least two. I think I think it was February when it left. Yeah. February or March
0: when it um, left. But I, I we it is a smaller theater, but Star Wars dropping out. After only three weeks and change is crazy. And
1: I don't even know if I would say that is a mark on the movie's quality, but just in the number of movies that are coming out. Mm -hmm. Like, I think if it had been making more money, they would have kept it in at least one screen there. But but
0: well the second the second t- showing we went to was
1: empty. There it was
0: only maybe 20% full. Yeah. And we went a couple days after it premiered.
1: It was like the Tuesday after, yeah, it was or the Monday, I can't remember.
0: Like it it just did not hit with that with a larger audience.
1: Yeah. So yeah. It's I I I mean, there, there's there's a lot of things. We talked about it last week. There's a lot of things that went into it. I don't think there's one thing you can point to and say.
0: No, I mean, you can't just point to marketing and say, that's why it failed. You can't just point to the subject matter and say, that's why it failed. Yeah. It it had a lot of strikes against it, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and we're not saying this as to say, like, the movie's bad and you shouldn't like it. Like, this is just talking, like, objectively Marketing and business wise, yeah. If you liked the movie, that is wonderful. I'm glad. <laughs>
0: well, and we we listened to a couple other podcasts that are not Star Wars podcasts. Yeah, that talk about Solo, mm-hmm. and in a lot of those cases, the movie just was not working for mm-hmm. that non entrenched Star Wars fan, mm-hmm. and that that I think. Is why you are hearing reports now that Lucasfilm is kind of pumping the brakes a little bit, yeah, and reevaluating things. And frankly, they should. Um, I re- there is no way that this film hit their internal metrics for what they thought this movie was going to earn, right? And I I mean there there is no studio on the planet that their internal metrics would say this is going to earn less than its budget, yeah. Um. I mean, because of that uh, it is a good idea. It it's something you have to do. You have to pump the brakes and take a look at take a look at your strategy and process.
1: I do think that the initial report from Collider was, if that was accurate, if they decided to stop development on all projects, that is kind of overreacting. Yeah, <laughs> big so big time.
0: Here's where I think the truth is. Um,
1: what I, is the truth, <laughs> Oprah.gif? Yeah, yeah Oprah.gif. <laughs>
0: um, I, I do think that they pump the brakes and yeah. that the standalone films are kind of back right now. I don't think they're canceled. I don't think they're gone forever. But... I think that it's very likely that those films are now much lower on the development priority order Mm -hmm. while they try and figure out how are we making these films, how are we marketing them, and what do we want these films to be.
1: And I think the Hollywood Reporter article
0: kind of gets closer to that truth.
1: Right. And, like, the whole idea of them still going forward with a Boba Fett movie, which still makes me go, eh, but – Well, what does it
0: mean going forward?
1: Right. Well, if they're still working on it, but they say scale down, meaning smaller budget. You know
0: what that makes me think? Hmm? Streaming service reformatted yeah. maybe for TV
1: maybe I mean but I think they've I think they're also trying to think of how can we make these movies for cheaper well they like, can't keep
0: pumping 300 million 300 400 million mm-hmm. in after reshoots when production yeah. goes
1: bad yeah and that was the other issue with solo I think if solo hadn't had the issue with the reshoots and everything it would have well and it done was a
0: much it, it was two straight films the first time they managed to pull themselves out of the fire. Yeah. The second time, they didn't.
1: Right. And the problem with Solo was not just because there was reshoots that, um, you know, pushed the budget up, but the whole director is being fired. And then that those reports making people think, I don't know if I, this movie is going to be that good, you know? So it's like, a it's a double whammy of monetary-wise hurting the film and then word-of-mouth-wise, hurting the film. Well, and then the movie kind of bore it
0: out. It yeah. was a film that felt at times that there were too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. So... Yeah.
1: I mean, and I mean, like, and it's, like, I've I there's um I've seen several people say, like, Solo should have been a book. And, like, I personally agree with that. Like, I okay. know...
0: A book, comic or 13-episode miniseries.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like, I enjoyed the movie. Like, I, I'm i not saying it's bad or I didn't like it. It, it was just, a good popcorn flick. It's very, it's it's just very different from what we have experienced so far with Star Wars movies. Like, Rogue One, yes, was a standalone, but Rogue One also felt very epic because it's connected to the original trilogy. Yeah,
0: I I think that's part of where Solo went wrong. Like, I'm good with doing different,
1: uh-huh. but
0: it has to commit to different. And I don't think Solo ever did.
1: Yeah. Like, it's it's like how Marvel treats the their individual movies very differently from how they treat yeah. Avengers. I actually
0: had a thought on this. I posted on Twitter a while ago. A lot of people... Um, a lot of people push back against the idea that oh no, it's not too soon between December and May for another film because Marvel does it. Right. The difference is Marvel kind of treats each one of their characters as its own unique franchise. intellectual property and yeah. franchise, mm-hmm. and occasionally they just come all together for a crossover event. Yes, but it's it's not it's not Marvel. It's a
1: Ant Captain. A, it's
0: Captain America. Yeah. It's Ant-Man. Right. It's Iron Man. These are their own dedicated franchises that intersect every now and then, but they treat it as their own thing. Right. Whereas Solo is very much not a its own Star thing. movie. It is movie. a Star Wars movie. Right.
1: And Ant-Man and the Wasp is not going to do as much money as Infinity War. It is not getting as much advertising or attention as Infinity War, nor should it it is a smaller movie <laughs> that's good that's good high, high five
0: that's good
1: <laughs> it's a smaller movie but you know it's 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 a smaller movie it's a different tone it's less serious there's lower stakes but they know that going into it like that is the whole point of these these movies
0: and the way marvel engineers these is they kind of write these individual franchises where you don't need to have a ton of knowledge of the previous crossover event. Right. Or the goings-on in these tangential mm-hmm. franchises. You only need to know what happened in the last film in thi- for this character.
1: Right. I think the only move. I think – well – with the exception of Civil War, which is which why... Which is
0: why Civil, Civil War, War is our is, least favorite Captain America movie. Because it's
1: really an Avengers movie. Yeah. It's not a Captain America movie. Um, and that's the most criticism I've seen about ca- that movie, is that it's not a Cap movie. Um and you know, and there is some crossover, like the, uh, Doctor Strange is showing up in Ragnarok, and I know uh, Falcon showed up in the first Ant Man, and well, that we sort hadn't of thing. seen
0: Doctor Strange, no, and we and were that fine with it, and that didn't trip us up. It's very different from, oh, actually, Maul is running this crime syndicate,
1: yeah. Which I mean, and if that's the sort of thing that Star Wars is going to do, then they should totally lean into it, like make and and that's the other thing, like there's there you can't really have the crossovers with star wars movies because they're all happening at different points in the timeline whereas the marvel movies are all sort of going forward with the exception of like a captain marvel which is set in a in the 90s a definitively different time period and or captain america the first avenger is set in the 40s you know
0: yeah but the each mo each one of these films are propelling that entire thing forward like even right. Captain America yeah. where it ended was pushing one. was pushing phase 1 yeah. forward. There's
1: phase 1, there's phase 2, phase 3 and there's a there's a goal like for each phase. And like
0: you're crazy if you don't think that Captain America is going or uh, Captain Marvel is going to end in the 90s. It's going to end
1: with, her. I mean, it the the story might end in the '90s, but whatever happens in the movie is definitely going to propel toward Infinity War Part Two. Yeah, whatever so it's going to be called, like, it's going to prepare you for Carol showing up in the second yeah, Infinity so War
0: movie. Rogue One kind of had this problem, but not really since it was shoving a New Hope forward. Yeah, Solo just it's, didn't.
1: Yeah, and like I think that's why people got so excited about. Mall showing up and the sort of loose threads at the end of Solo because they were like, oh, there can be, like, more movies after this. But the problem is, is that there aren't. Like, it's... Star Wars isn't the sort of environment where you have an a end credits teaser of Captain Marvel's symbol and you think, oh, yeah, she's gonna be in the next movie. Like, you see Mall and people... We're trained to think this way because of Marvel. Like, oh, he's going to show up in the next movie, but he's not. And that's why that's why I personally had a problem with it. If Star Wars acted the way Marvel did and you knew that this was leading up to the next movie, I would be like, oh, that's cool. Like you Rebels did that, you know, where you would have like. You know, because it's because it's an ongoing show, But Star Wars isn't – I mean, Mm -mm. they – and, I mean, they might have said, okay, yeah, we're going to do another solo movie, but now they probably aren't, like – so, like, it's hard to say they need to have a more coherent um, – like, a more more coherence with their movies going forward – because they're set in so many different places of the galaxy and so many different time periods. Yeah. And, but I feel like they could at least have some coherence thematically, if not with characters and time periods.
0: Yeah. Um It. Solo is just so disconnected yeah. from everything else that Star Wars is doing mm-hmm. in the film realm yeah. that I can see why it didn't hit with general audiences and why right. it just wasn't a big draw. Right. Like, if I'm a neutral film goer, I'm just out there buying tickets for what's coming out, and I see a slate of Infinity War, Deadpool, Solo, uh, Incredibles... And Jurassic World, I can't go see all those movies. Yeah, and Solo is probably the one that I drop.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's weird because like it the like Mar- the MCU is sort of like the thing that everyone looks towards now, but Star Wars can't mimic that. Star Wars has to do its own thing, and I feel like if Star Wars does go forward like maybe the way going forward is to have your december movie be what you're leading toward the whole year and then have everything coming out in that year book wise comic wise uh tv show wise leading up to that event and that's not to say like everything coming out in the year rogue one came out had to do with the death star or whatever but like and it just seems very disparate. And, like, at the same time, I don't want everything to be about the same thing because that's one of the best things about Star Wars is that there's so many different things going on. Like, if you don't like X-Wing pilots, which I don't know why you wouldn't, but if you don't and there's a movie, there's, like, a book about pilots, you're like, that's ah, not my thing. I can go read this story about Jedi versus sith or smugglers
0: i feel like you can still do standalones that do have a thread connecting them to the main event films you're putting out for that era Mm -hmm. um like
1: uh (laughs) oh god you know what i just thought of what's that it's like the new jedi order (laughs) where you have your hardcover books which are the tentpole books, and then the paperbacks in between, which were supposed to be sort of side stories with other characters, and then the hardcover books were sort of really advancing the whole war plot. Now, whether or not it worked for you or not, that was what they were going for. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that's sort of what they sh- kind of need to reflect in the movies? But then, how do you do that when you have so many different movies being produced? True,
0: but I feel like you could have come up with side stories for the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. Yeah, I mean stuff that can stuff that tangentially connected, but were still its own thing. Yeah, um, and that I think is an easier sell to a general audience. Yes, this takes place at the same time of the Force Awakens or the Last Jedi.
1: I think another problem is that the they are very they are very um, hands off with the creators. Um, You know, they don't go to J.J. Abrams and tell him this is what we envision for episode nine. This is the story. This is what we have in mind for this movie. This is where we would like to go as a franchise. They basically say, here are the keys. Do what you will. Um, And while I do agree they should give them a lot of freedom, because that's why you hire them, there is something to be said for having some sort of overall idea that you're going for you know to have sort of the story group sit down yeah and
0: this is where the marvel comparisons fall flat again right because marvel's got a little more of a roadmap
1: yeah and that's what i'm saying is that i feel like star wars needs one yeah not like a huge one but like i they uh,
0: more of a trajectory yes here's where we're going now we yes y- it's up to you on how to get there yes but here's where we're going
1: delray sort of does that with authors some some more so than others like it seems like a lot of the authors that you hear them talk to they say they kind of got hired to write a book about this subject and then kind of hands off but the story group might come in and say, hey, you can you use this character? Or can you, like, name drop this thing? You know, that sort of thing. Um, but, like, I mean, if you think about the sequel trilogy, like, J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Caston wrote the movie, and I love The Force Awakens, but they wrote it with no sort of idea for what happened next. And that was all Ryan Johnson. And the story group did not say this is what we envision for the roadmap of the sequel trilogy. They said, here go do your thing. So Ryan Johnson's vision of what happened after The Force Awakens is very different from most a lot of people's which is why a lot of people have a problem with the movie some more legitimately than others <laughs> but like i think i wonder what would the sequel trilogy be like if they had all sat together the story group the filmmakers and hashed out this is what we envision
0: i mean and just from the highest level what would it look like if they actually had a skeleton for seven, eight, and nine before they started filming.
1: Yeah. And and we're talking, like, very vague. Like, we, like, son of Han and Leia turn to the dark side. Han is killed. Luke is, Luke is um, you know, off in exile. He comes back. Uh, you know, we're aiming for either kylo to be redeemed or not you know like whatever their end game in for episode 9 you can push there and lead to it um
0: i mean i mean the last jedi is a good film um but there are times when you could tell what they said was true that uh it was being at the written at the same time that
1: they were making the seven Force was still
0: being finalized and shot and
1: Yeah. Because Ryan Johnson asked for them to for JJ Abrams bring R2 because I need him for the hologram. Um but like the I you know The reason so many people were disappointed... Well, one of the reasons people were disappointed in The Last Jedi is because it's not what they expected going forward. And obviously, people are going to have different ideas because everyone can come up with their own ideas. But I I personally get the the argument that it feels like a different trilogy.
0: Yeah, I mean... I... I I I reject a lot of the criticism about The, yes. l- about the Last Jedi. I reject yes. most of it. Yes. Um. But I do think there are legitimate complaints about characterization, especially. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Poe Dameron in The Force Awakens is this great rejection of toxic masculinity. Right. And in The Last Jedi, he is this anvil-sized cautionary tale about toxic masculinity
1: yeah and that's one of the reasons i loved the last jedi novelization so much is because you under it makes you understand why because poe is helping all of the ships evacuate and he's seeing his like basically the entire resistance be like you know have their morale stripped away (laughs) but like it he seems so different in like I love him in the last – I I lo- I still love Poe, but he's he just seems so different, you know.
0: And that's I th- I think that's part of the that's part of I think legitimate frustration with the film is that um it it feels like at times there is a lack of characterization continuity mm-hmm. between the two, and I think this is where having just kind of this barest of skeletons of an arc right helps
1: and i will and here here is a point where we will where i will speak nice things about the prequels it was it had an end game the prequels had an end game and they were going toward it whether you think it made the right decisions getting there is one thing but like every movie of the prequels pushed forward and it can be coming Darth Vader.
0: From a long arc, it didn't feel disjointed. Right. Where I know we're only two of three movies in, but it feels disjointed.
1: Right. So, like, the overall story of the prequels, I think, is more coherent. The individual movies, not as much for me personally. Whereas I think the individual movies of the sequel trilogy are much better, but I don't know what the overall story yeah, will Yeah,
0: the the individual movies of the sequel trilogy are better films but in I, isolation, but I am less sold by the overall overall, overall arc.
1: And that's what I mean. And nine, 9 is good 9 is going to be it. I yeah. mean, I might see episode 9 and completely change my entire opinion.
0: <laughs> well, I mean it I don't know if it changes my opinion about characterization in 8, though. Right. Which is my biggest problem with it. I understand. And, I mean, it might retroactively fix some problems I have with it, but I still (laughs) think that The Last Jedi has characterization issues. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that
1: no one really
0: has an end target by the feel of it.
1: And, like... You look at the original trilogy, and I know there were people who had issues with the original trilogy as they were coming out, but like, retroactively, it just seems like there's such, I mean, the first movie is just fighting back against the Empire, we we blew up the Death Star, yay! Second movie, the Empire Strikes Back. Well, literally, it says it between, right there on the, on the tin.
0: Between A New Hope. And Empire Strikes Back. I don't get the characterization 180s right. there that I get with-
1: Luke is still wanting to be a Jedi. Like, and he's still he's impulsive. Still, he's still wanting to live up to his dad's, you know, legacy. Leia is still, like, the princess. Han is still the smuggler who doesn't want to be there. Um, And, you know, Return of the Jedi, then they're still sort of the same characters, but they, you know- now, now, you know that's the end,
0: yeah. and we're not even talking about Luke in the Last Jedi. No, like because there's so much time in which we don't see him that that's totally a valid
1: arc, right,
0: for him. I'm talking more. I'm talking more Poe. I'm talking a little more Finn. Yes. Um, in which it's like these movies are within take place within days of each other. That's
1: and the other you're giving
0: stage. me this whiplash of characterization. Right. Uh, I mean. Poe especially. A little bit with Finn.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I think that's legitimate criticism.
1: And the other thing that bothers me about Poe is that no one... He doesn't even get acknowledged about blowing up Starkiller base. Like, blowing up Starkiller base isn't even really even mentioned in the movie. And it's like, that's a... A, that's a big blow. B, like... Poe did lead a successful attack on a on an enemy base. Like... It would be like if sort of after A New Hope, Luke is kind of like, oh, we don't... Like, whatever. You're just this guy, this pilot. You don't have any, like, standing in the rebellion. It's like, no. Like, I I don't know. But yeah.
0: We've gotten very far afield (laughs) from what we were originally talking (laughs) about. What were we
1: talking about? We were talking about the future of standalone films. So yeah, like, I mean... I'm after after that that interview with James Cameron, where George Lucas was talking about the Wills. I'm very glad we did not see George Lucas' version of the sequel trilogy. However, bullet dodged. There was something to say about having a one person have a a co- that is the story that they're going to tell.
0: Yeah, um. and
1: I feel like you know. Maybe the story group does need to sit down and be like, what are we wanna do? What is our goal here?
0: I Part of me wonders if Lucasfilm has gotten a little too enamored with the idea of storytelling by committee. Yeah. And just not letting coming to coming to some sort of consensus of what your meta arc is gonna be. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay that you have multiple people working on this but it sometimes it feels like there's a lot of deference to the committee rather than let's write a cohesive story with cohesive characters
1: right and if and if the and if what star wars wants is to just put out a movie a year about whatever subject then cool do that but like the like star wars i feel like the movies need to be epic like i like the idea of standalone movies but i feel like they still need to be super epic super high stakes otherwise you have books and comics and video games that's where rogue one worked yeah
0: and solo didn't so talking about the future of these standalones I do still want to see standalones happen, but if it's going to be a standalone like Solo, I don't think Silver Screen, A Blockbuster is the right place for it.
1: And we are saying this as people who love all the supplemental material. Mm-hmm. It's like saying, oh, it's, it's something felt like fan fiction to us. That's not derogatory to say it should have been a book. Yeah. Um,
0: um, but we say this because... We're so in the weeds with supplemental material, Mm -hmm. we've kind of gotten good at recognizing what couldn't translate well to the screen or what's not going to really resonate with larger audiences.
1: And and, uh, our managing editor, Bria, will greatly appreciate what I'm about to say. I feel like the Battlefront Two story was more epic than solo. <laughs> I think, <laughs> as honestly, far as stakes wise,
0: I think Battlefront Two would have made a great standalone film.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Like it's this, it feels like it has much higher stakes. Like
0: it does have higher stakes, and it pushes the narrative forward. It takes uh, it takes us into after yeah. Endor, yeah, and starts angling towards the ultimate
1: I feel fall like, of
0: the empire. I
1: feel like the Battle of Jakku in general would be a great standalone movie. Mm-hmm. Because we've seen parts of it, but we haven't seen the actual battle.
0: Yeah, so Battle of Jakku, I think, is something that is accessible yeah. to, a, to an audience that its only familiarity is with the films. Yeah. Where Solo, I think, trips up is that it is it's lore candy yeah and lore candy by default is much more for us yeah than it is for the general audience yeah and if it's much more for us than the general audience i don't know if it should be a film
1: yeah
0: I feel- the films have to be an accessible touch point
1: yeah and like i feel like something like an obi-wan movie like it's I feel like they can make an epic Obi-Wan movie. Like, people say, well, well, how can it happen if he's just in the desert? I feel like they can. They can, but
0: it's going to be really easy to make that just...
1: Lore candy. Lore yeah. candy. And I think the reason that it could work so well is because you have Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are interested in seeing him play Obi-Wan again. Um, I feel like a Boba Fett movie, as much as I met about the character does have the possibility to be epic and to have high stakes. However, I feel like they need to sort of move away from the character origin story and do more, like, events. So it's not it's not enough to say, oh, we're going to have a Boba Fett movie. It's like, we're going to have a Boba Fett movie with him doing this specific thing. Like, you know, because Rogue One, it's like Death Star plans. Yep, everyone knows immediately what you're talking about. I wonder if Solo would have been a little bett- better if instead of saying Solo origin story, if they had said Kessel Run, you know? Yeah. But then the issue is, why is the Kessel Run so important, you know?
0: The Kessel Run is just some noodle incident nod for yeah. most viewers. Right. Right. I mean, the Death and, Star is the Death Star. And
1: you find out at the end of Solo, it is very high stakes because the proto-rebellion is getting this fuel, but you don't know that going into it. Like, it turns out it is a very important story. You just don't know that. And maybe that should have been the story. <laughs> maybe Amphis should have been the main character of Solo.
0: <laughs> but how do you sell that in the marketing? Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, I I guess high level, this is where I'm at with the future of the standalone films. There needs to be an evaluation process of what stories they're telling are ultimately accessible Mm -hmm. to a general audience. If it isn't fully accessible, then you need to think about taking that story, which is still worth telling, and putting it in a different medium. Yeah, A medium that asks different things of its viewers, reader or readers.
1: And we're getting a live action show. We're getting resistance. We're getting more animated shows that we don't know about, I'm assuming. Because I've heard they're they're yeah. doing
0: I, I just think I just think it's really important to remember that these different mediums have different expectations from the audience. Um the, And it's fine. Yeah. Like the films have got to stay accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and if they're not accessible, then this franchise dies on the vine. Yeah. It can't just be something that is made for us, it has to be something that is constantly replenishing and growing the audience. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Solo was a film that was really right. made to do that.
1: I really would love if they would do more like animated movies or. Yeah. I would love animated now, movies. Have you
0: seen the animated Spider-Man that's coming up?
1: I've seen it the trailers for it. looks
0: fantastic. Yeah. I would love something like that for Star Wars. And
1: I don't know if that would work in a live action thing. Yeah, it wouldn't. I would love, like, an animated Star Wars movie. I would love for theron Alliances to be an animated movie. <laughs>
0: but, I mean... Accessibility. Yeah. Knowing which one of your touch points needs to be accessible and then making sure that the things you're crafting for those touch points are the appropriate level of accept- accessibility. Mm-hmm. Like books, you get a lot more leeway there. Yeah, Comics, a lot more lee- lee- leeway. Television, a bit more, a fair amount more leeway than films. Right. Films have to be accessible and the standalones, if you're going to keep doing them, must be accessible. And I don't know that solo was accessible enough
1: right like i've seen a lot of people say that they would love that they want an ahsoka movie i I don't
0: i really don't think that's accessible i
1: think the siege of mandalore that they've mentioned in several stories but haven't told i think that would make a fantastic animated movie i agree and that's the sort of thing where they might have the urge to say oh let's do a movie about this no i feel like animated movie that's where you go with that that
0: there's an audience there that's the, looking for the that.
1: whole epilogue to Rebels, looking for Ezra. I feel like that's an animated movie right there, like or a, a a miniseries.
0: Well, an animated movie or a miniseries that goes to a streaming platform.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: like i I think it's a great. I think those are great stories to tell. I don't know if it works as a
1: film right. for the
0: general film audience,
1: right? And I think the difference with Mark. You know, Marvel obviously started out differently. Marvel's comics, uh, there—that's their original media—and they take pre-existing stories and adapt them for the for the screen, and they write them differently. Star Wars, everything that's coming out in the the movies is new. You know, they're not adapting already pre-existing stories, so you know, it's. It might be – there might be the temptation there to make everything a movie, but you don't have to. Um, and you don't have to have – Star Wars doesn't need to have three movies a year. Star Wars can have one movie a year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what I think it should. No, I agree. All right. <laughs> that was a long conversation, Brian.
0: Uh, so about that short show we were doing, <laughs> we're now at an hour and two minutes. Oops. We did a regular link show. Oops! And we didn't even have a discussion topic. All uh, right, let's wrap there, shall we?
1: This is actually this is how we have conversations in the car all the time.
0: Yeah, you're you're actually getting a glimpse into what our commute sounds like. <laughs> All right, let's wrap up. This episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you in part by you, our Patreon subscribers. That's patreon.com slash Tashi Station. $1 gets you in with our Patreon-exclusive Slack team, where you can pitch ideas to us, chat with us, or even chat about the World Cup with us, like we're doing the last couple of days. Yes. Um... Uh, Yeah, $1 gets you in on that. Every little bit you uh, send us helps, uh, especially as uh, we're currently in the middle of some uh, site hosting and domain changes that's going to be costing us a little more out of pocket for a little bit. Um, So, yes, help us out there. That'd be great. Uh, on Twitter, you can find us with the handles Tashi underscore station. That's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy pants. It's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. R-E. L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. There we go. Uh, if you like what you hear, do leave us a review on the iTunes store, Stitcher, and Google Play. It helps us grow the show. You can also subscribe to the Tashi Station radio mega feed, which uh, contains... All of our shows in one convenient feed for you. Uh, You can find our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net. Thanks for listening to another episode. We'll catch you all next time.
1: Bye-bye.
0: PSR is brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Visit patreon.com slash Toshistation to help us keep the lights on and to get access to our Patreon-exclusive Slack team.